When Chelek Dalid, Perek Dalid, you up to Ot Ot Yud. Dalid, Dalid, Yud. Ve'ulam Ot Tikkun Echad Nechlal Bechlal Kriyat Parashiyot Ta'ele. So we're talking about the different Tikkunim that take place during the reading of the Kriyat Shema. Last time we talked about the importance of Yitziat Mitzrayim. It makes it a country entire person. Putting this light of God's oneness on the person. As well, it has the ability, the Shema, if read correctly, to fix and rectify all the details of the creation. How does it do that? We know that the human being is made up of what we call Ramah. Ramah is the 248 limbs. The world also, uh, in a certain system, can also be divided into 248 parts. Corresponding to 248 limbs. That's a hadush. We know that there's 248 mitzvot that we knew. And we knew that each mitzvah gives light to that limb that corresponds it. That's a, uh, that's a rule. So when you read the Kiryat Shema, the three parashiyot, you're actually reading 248 words. So can it, that gives a certain light to all of the body. So I guess they have to say that the human being is a miniature world. The world somehow was divided into 248 parts, and so was the human. Whether it's the human, whether it's the world, so it needs to receive this light of Hashem on it. So when a person says the 248 words, they didn't skip one. So basically he brings the light of the oneness of God unto himself, the whole of himself, as well as on the whole world. So there's a certain light that comes down at the time of the Shema. And that light permeates the person and the world, that both are uh, created from this uh, magic number of 248. Ah. Now we talk about something else. In the Shema, besides the Shema, the rabbis established Berachot. There's Berachot that are connected to Shema. 
במערבית תסתו ברכות בפור שמה, תו ברכות אפטא, אין שחרית תסתו ברכות בפור, וואן ברכה אפטא. These are the seven ברכות of שמה, between ערבית and שחרית. וזה כי הנה בכל יום מתחדש כל המציאות כולו מלפניו יתברך. That's a rule that says, well this is interesting, he says every day the world renews itself. Okay, I mean, Rav Chaim Velazhin said that every second the world rejuvenates itself. Here, Rav Moshe Chaim Nutsato saying every day, because you have to figure out how to, how to square that off. But nonetheless, V'zeh Bechinot. Achad Bechinot Tekiyum V'atmada. Seems, in one sense, the world gets a new existence to continue. Sh'inem Mithadesh Ashefa Bakol Etkayem Ulatmit Al Metziuto. That's the shefa that God, you know, fills up the world with gas every day to give it another day of existence. Wow. If you look at every single day in correlation to the 6,000 years that the world is going to exist. Every day has its own uh, purpose, has its own mission has its own tikkun. Bebchinat he'arot v'ashpa'ot metziyuyot u'matzabim ha'metzrechim na'olam t'shiyashlim v'sibu ba'nirza. So no two days are the same. Today's tikkun, it's different light, different angle, different events happen. So each day stands alone and therefore everybody has to serve God on each day because you cannot say, well, you know, it's another day, another, another Tuesday. There's no such thing as another Tuesday. Every Tuesday is, a, imagine, it's the first Tuesday of its kind. Again, for what the world needs to make its ultimate tikkun. That every single day, Correct. Even though you're making the same tefillot every day, but they're hitting at a different spot. Because since the tikkun of each day is different, so therefore there can be no prayers that are the same. Because what they're doing today is not what they did yesterday, not what they're going to do tomorrow. So every single day the service is unique. For that day. That means you're making a tikkun today that Adam Rishon cannot make. He didn't live today. God gave us a blank piece of paper called the day. That's why somebody said... Uh, I think it was Ramea Shapiro said, we don't have, the, in Judaism, there's no names for the week, for the days of the week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Because by us, the days are a blank piece of paper. It's Yom Rishon, day one. Fill it up. Fill it up with the tikkun of that day. It doesn't have a definition today until the ISL comes and makes the tikkunim and does their service for that given day. But no two days will have the same, will have the same service. Although it seems that we repeat the service, but it's really not. So that's what it means, not only in physically, but spiritually there's a hitchanchut in the world as well. So, because of this concept, 
Tiknua berachot ha'elav ha'shevachim. So the rabbis established these berachot of Kiryat Shema. Al klal ha'biriyot kulam shemet hadashim yom And also talking about us, the humans that are also uh, rejuvenated and recreated with their daily purpose. V'hine klal ha'biriyot ha'elam etchalek l'shnayim. And when it comes to the creatures, there's two, there's two levels, there's two subdivisions. Hayahad kol biriyot ha'olam, all the creatures, tachtonim alyonim, those in the heavens, those on earth. V'shini'i klal mina enoshi, v'hainu Yisrael shem mina adam be'emet. Wow. So you break up the, uh, the creatures into two parts. There's everybody else and then there's the Jewish people. Jewish people are considered the way he says, Min Adam Be'emet. They're the real uh, the real Adam. Because they're the chosen. Alright. The first Berachah of Yotzer primarily praises all the creation, including the angels. Serafim, Ofanim, Hayot HaKodesh, etc. V'kalu b'zeinyan ayom v'alayla talks about Yotzer Oh, Borei Hoshech, Yom, Layla, Meorot, the sun, the moon, Emoshlim b'hem, v'sheni, v'shevah al-inyanam shi Yisrael. After we finish with the whole creation, we say, Ahavat olam ahavtanu. Now we get to us. Look at that. The two berachot of Shema represent the two categories of the creation. Everything that's in Yotzer Or. Or, Hoshech, Tov, Ra, Malachim, Biriyot. You finished with that? Yotzer Meorot, Sun, Moon. Now let's talk about something else which is on a higher level. Us. Ahavat, Olam, Avtan, Hashem, Elokin. That's referring to Kla Yisrael. And we mentioned the love that God has for Klai Yisrael, how he brought us closer to serve him. Very, very interesting. So there's two different hashpa'ot. There's the hashpa'ot that God gives to the regular people in the world for their tikkun, and then there's the hashpa'ah of Klai Yisrael. Obviously we have a higher mission and a higher purpose based on our acceptance of the Torah Har Sinai. <clears throat> So our tafkid is not like everybody else. Our mission is not like everybody else. But Alam gives out the missions every day. But Taisir receives a unique mission because they're, uh, they're his chosen. <coughs> Which, and the mission for us on every given day, of course, is the mitzvot. After we finish those two berachot, then we say the Kiryat Right after that, we make a second beracha after the Amid, after the Kiryat Shema. That's talking about the miracles that God did for us when we came out of uh, Mitzrayim. So that's written in Ezrat uh, Abotenu primarily. The main time to talk about this rejuvenation of our mission and our purpose is in the day. 
Shazu Tachuta Messiut, that's when the 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 world is rejuvenated as well. Kulam Balaila Inenu Saf in Yamba Biryot Kulam the Fiyana Laila Venze Ella Kemogimar in Yano Shalayom Vashlamato. The night is just considered finishing the job of the day. It's not considered a new hitchut. In 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 the night, the berachot are much smaller in Arbit, if you notice. The beracha of the the two berachot before Kiryat Shema and that's not really the main hitchut. The main hitchut is in the day. You're just repeating, you know, it's a short, short version of it. They also added an extra berakha at night, talking about the uh, gift that God gave us to rest and sleep. Which is the berakha clearly of Ashkibenu. So that ends the uh, fourth chapter, which talks about the Kiryat Shema and the Berachot. So the lesson we learned today is we're now looking at the two Berachot of Kiryat Shema in a different way. We're looking at the two Berachot as everything else and us. So the Jewish people get their own Beracha. We get the Ahavat Olam. That's our own uh, Beracha. And we're reminding ourselves See, even in Arbit, the second Beracha is Ahavat Olam Bet Yisrael Mecha In Shaharit, it's Ahavat Olam Haftan. It's all talking about us. The first Beracha does not mention anything about the Jewish people. Yotzer Olamur Hoshek is nothing about the Jewish people. It's talking about the, the solar system, what goes on in the heavens, the rest of the creation, uh, and how God. Uh, you know, recreates them every day also physically and gives them their new uh, list for the day to accomplish. But then we have Bereisa. So everyone has to know that uh, everybody gets a list, but our list is priority list. And our list is uh, more important because Oriyalam charged us with the mitzvot. The mitzvot really <clears throat> make the tikkunim that are supposed to be done on every given day that only Klaisel can do. If a goy comes into the synagogue on Sukkot and shakes lulav, it'll do nothing. It does not make any tikkun. It doesn't make any kilkul either. It just does nothing. It's like, uh, it's not plugged in. It's not attached to anything. No battery there. It's not attached. It's like taking a steering wheel and, uh, you know... Uh, exactly, attaching a table and expecting uh, something to move. It's not attached to anything. Klai Yisrael, when Ye takes a... Even a, even a, a 13-year-old boy... Jewish boy comes and takes a lulav, the worlds are shaking upstairs. He changed all the riyah. It's not the same world. So, and the, God forbid the same thing when it comes to sins. You know, if, uh, if a goy eats a ham sandwich, don't do anything to the world. Uh, he goes to McDonald's and eats a, you know, uh, uh, cheese uh, cheeseburger with a, with a milkshake, nothing. He's just out uh, 299, that's it. But uh, if, uh, if a Jew comes in and does that, he destroyed the world. Uh, he destroyed his neshama. He destroyed, uh, you know, the upper world. There's a kilkul. So, we play uh, with higher stakes. We have a mitzvot, and therefore we have the chance to, God gave us the, the tools to make the tikkun of this world. We have very, very minimal tools.
seven mitzvot in Noah, which primarily is just to keep order in the world. Don't kill each other, you know, set up a court system. Okay, you have to believe in the oneness of God, that there is a God. But uh, it's only seven mitzvot. They don't have to worry about, uh, you know, the laws of Lashonara. They don't have to worry about, because they're, they're, they're not making these tikkunim with the parts of their body that we are. So today we're learning that when you read the Kiryat Shema with its 248 words, it charges the body with a new energy uh, to fulfill the 248 mitzvot. You know, Abraham's name also equals 248, Abraham. Because Abraham also was able to sanctify the 248 uh, limbs in his body. So therefore, originally he was Avram, which is 243. There's five limbs that are out of your control. The eyes, the smell, uh, the ears. Uh, so therefore, uh, he prayed to God, and God said, don't worry, I'll protect those limbs as well. And therefore, he added a hair to his name. So Avram Abinu is the perfect, uh, the perfect example of this. Okay, so that is the Nyan of Kiryat Shema. The lesson would be then, one should read the Kiryat Shema slow enough that he doesn't skip any of the 248 words. Uh, you know, he doesn't have to count them on his fingers, but I will tell you that I did count them before I came here today. And to my, uh, to my surprise, there's only 245 words in the Kiryat Shema. That's why the Hazan repeats, Hashem Elokechem Emet, in order to catch the last three words. So therefore, you should pay attention closely to the, to the words of the Hazan. They are very, very important because they're filling the, the gap words. Now, if let's say you're reading the Kiryat Shema slowly, and the Hazan says Hashem Elokechem, then you have to say it yourself. Which means when you get to the end of Shema, you have to say, You say to your quiet. Then you have to say, You cannot rely on the Hazan only when you're there. Anyway, that's a, uh, that's a halakha. Now we begin the next chapter. And uh, the next chapter is Perik Hamishi, Bi'nyana Tefila. Now, I think it's uh, a, not a coincidence that our Dafayumi and our learning Musar has uh, collided once again. This morning in the Daf, we learned the importance of being Sumer, Geula, Litfila. And here we just finished with the Barachot of Kiryat Shema, and now we're Sumer, Geula, Litfila as well in our learning. I take that as a signal from above that uh, whenever your learnings coincide in different books, that's God's way, I think, of saying that, you know, Hazak Baruch, if you're an Ashkenazi. Okay, what is this thing of tefillah? I'm glad he's discussing because I also wanted to know what it is. I guess it's about time we, f- we know what it is. We're doing it for 50 years, three times a day. It might be worth 11 minutes of our time to try to figure out what is this inyan of tefillah. 
והתקרבו לו ויבקשו פניו, כפי התעוררותם לו כן יימשך עליהם השפע. ואם לא יתעררו לא יימשך להם. בינגו. Something I didn't know. בורא עולם is always sending שפע down. בורא עולם is good. בורא עולם is generous. He sends largely. However, you have to draw that שפע to you. In order to draw it to you, you need to pray. The prayer attracts that shefa to the person. Uh, he says over here that um, without the arousement of B'nai Yisrael, lo yimashek lahem. Wow. Which means, to Tevilah, you need to be aroused. That sounds like even though you just pray, but it doesn't arouse you, doesn't inspire you, as I like to say that, that's the buzzword today, it's inspiring. He prays without kabbanah, lo yimashech, wow. You might say, what are you talking about? I know a guy doesn't pray, and he has a lot of shefa. Shefa means bounty. And he has good life, he has good health, he has panasa. I'm saying it means money or it means everything? You have something against money, Jojo? No, I'm just saying in general. It, it could also include money, health, good family, beracha. You pray for those things. Yeah, so you see a guy who doesn't pray and he's got all these things. So we just said that the tefillah draws it. So we don't argue, it can come from somewhere else. Maybe he's getting it from zichut avot. Maybe he's getting it because... Uh, you know, he did a mitzvah or something. But he's not getting it from tefillah. Uh, there is a magnet called tefillah, and tefillah is able to draw the shefa down when you pray. So you're not wasting your time when you're praying. Tefillah is a magnet. It's able to attract the uh, shefa that's coming down <coughs> and direct it towards the person. Basically, the... Uh, Tefillah attaches himself with God, and when you attach yourself with God, it's like you're locking in. You lock in, you get the menachah. V'nei Adon Baruch Hu hafetz v'rotzeh sh'terbeh tovat beru'ah v'chot zmanahem. You hear this? God really wants to bring the good down, always. V'chin nechen avodah zu devani, that's why he gave you this service, to take the magnet of prayer and use it every day. Sh'al yadayi mashik lehem shefa. Look at this here, Joe. Ha'aslachah v'berachah. That's his words. Aslaha means success in Beracha. Whatever they need. So that's why prayer is done so frequent, because God wants to give you the Beracha always. You know, a person should pray all day long. So anytime you're praying, you're taking out the magnet. Or learning or whatever. No, but now we're talking about praying. Don't, don't minimize praying. Prayer is a guarantee. When you pray with kavanah, not just saying words sleeping in the sidud. When you're praying with kavanah, you're drawing and attracting the berachah that God wants to give you. But he gave you the tool to attract it through tefillah. God is a metiv. So when you recognize that God is the metiv and God is the source of everything, he gives. If you come along and say, oh, God is the source of all wisdom. God, because you are the source of all wisdom, I am asking you, please give me wisdom. But Allah says, Ah, you recognize that? I give it to you. God, you are the source of all panasa. You are the source of all panasa. Oh, I thought uh, 
Apple Computer is the source of all panasa. Apple uh, Industries. No, they're not the source of all panasa. What do you mean? I thought General Motors running the economy, General Electric, all the, all the U.S. generals. No. The panasa ultimately comes from Hashem. Barich aleinu, Hashem elokeinu. God says, ah, this guy recognized that panasa comes from me? Give it to him. Fa'enu. Oh, I thought it's the doctors at uh, John Hopkins. No, they're not the guys that give refu'ah. Or at uh, Boston uh, University. No. Boston Mass. No. God. Ah, God says, you don't say I'm the doctor? Yes. That's the way it works. Nam, that's the simple way. But now he's going to give it a little deeper. There's a little more depth to this. Obviously, God gave a person sechel to guide his life with wisdom. God puts the burden on him uh, to uh, make a panasah, to make a family, you know, to, to be healthy. You can't just lie in bed and do nothing. You have to... God puts that burden on you. You have to take care of your needs. You've got to get a house. You've got to buy clothes. It's not set for you. The Jews in the Midbar maybe had an exceptional situation, but outside the Jews in the desert, we have to fend for these things. God gave us wisdom in order to fend for these things. Well, God gave humans this brain because humans are the, uh, the trophy of the creation. They're the highest species of creation. So it's to their honor uh, that a person should be independent. It's interesting. Independence is, uh, is something to the praise of a human. That he goes, he makes his, he builds his house, he makes a business, he goes around, he shops, he buys clothes, takes care of himself. That's to the praise of a person. Today's society has ch- turned that around. The society would rather sit home and do nothing and get a wait by the mailbox for uh, you know a check from the government, and uh, that takes away from the kavod of the person. The kavod of the person is not to be dependent on something, it's to be in, independent. So that's what Borei Olam gave you, sechel, in order to, to figure it out. Today, Baruch Hashem, you figure it out. You get a little older, you get a skill, go to work, make some money, you put it in the bank, you save it, you invest it, you make some more money, etc., etc., and you're able to grow. That's God gave us sechel for that. And he's saying that the reason why he gave us the sechel for that is for our... For our own honor, the karoshela adam. Very interesting. That's the kavod of the person to be independent. Shinitano asivadazot liot minahel tazokar veshini liot lo esek baolam vidikashir benyanav vezimi mashem mekayimu matzua noshi shizachanu lemala shuderek hol. What's the second? Right. God 
specifically puts us in olam that we need to deal with olam because by putting us in olam we're able to now do the mitzvot that will elevate olam and make the tikkun. So God does not want you to live in the heavens. God wants you to live on earth. So he made us dependent on earthly things. You need to, you need to deal with the ground. She made it that way. But once you're dealing with the ground, he gave you a hundred mitzvot that have to do with the ground. You have to deal with product. He gave you a hundred laws about products. Kosher, terumot, masrot, etc. So everything basically that we're doing is like who wants us to be connected to Geshmiyut, we'll call it. <clears throat> Geshmiyut. It's interesting, Rabotai. I will say now, Achidush. When you hear the word Hamor, what comes to mind? Donkey. Correct. Right, well, right. Correct. That's uh, unfortunately that's what comes to our mind yeah. also. The Peter Hamor. But the question, which Hamor in that uh, Peter Hamor are we talking about? Yeah. You know, the Hamor is not his fault. He's a Hamor. It's, yeah. the, it's the guys or the humans that uh, you know, unfortunately uh, relegated themselves to the Hamor. But we talked about that enough. Baruch Hashem, we made a tikkun for that over the years. Oh, Joe, uh, Joe, Joe. He made the tikkun for Sammy? Yeah. Why would he do Joe, Joe? Joe also got him up? No, he got, he left the, he left oh, yeah, he left, forget about it. That's a big tikkun. He left the hamorim. He left the hamorim and he made the tikkun the hamorim. Okay, you have something in common. Anyway, hamor, that's what you think of. Now, you know, you know, if somebody would call you a hamor, you'd get offended, I'm sure. Um, however, when Yaakov Abinu was blessing his son Yisachar, he actually called him Yisachar Hamor. He referred to him as a Hamor. And clearly Yaakov Abinu is not, uh, you know, degrading his son. So exactly. That's what he was saying. He's saying that Yisachar's ethic when it comes to learning, he learns like a Hamor in the sense that he works himself a lot. The Hamor works. You stuff him up, you fill him up with a load. He keeps on going, the Hamor. He doesn't stop. So that's a compliment when you're telling the guy, the guy works like a Hamor, especially if you're saying it in the sense of Torah. Look at this. He learns like a Hamor. He doesn't, he doesn't stop. Hamor, however, is also used in a negative. You remember when Yishmael was told by his father, Hamor. Hamor represents physical. Uh, the Hamor is the Humriyut, like the Maharsha says in Berachot. Humriyut means the physical part of you is represented. The Hamor is a very base, a very gross animal. So make up your mind. Is Yisachar Hamor or is Yishmael Hamor? It seems that you're using this word for polar opposite situations. The explanation is that the goal of Kla Yisrael is to take the Hamor of Humriyut and then apply Yisachar Hamor Garem, the Hamor of Torah study and mitzvot, and this Hamor makes a tikkun of that Hamor. Understand? So we're always dealing in the in the Hamorim section of the uh, of, of life. 
Hamor meaning the Humriyut, the physical stuff. So God says, deal with it. Don't run away from it. Deal with it. Which I deal with it for. Go to the Humash and go see all the mitzvot that are uh, applicable to the situation that you're in. And now apply it. So you have to go to the Beit Midrash and learn. So that's Yisachar Hamor Garim. Go apply yourself in the Beit Midrash. And then take, the, we'll call it like this, take the Hamor of Kedushah, which is the Hamor of Torah, and then go, you know, apply it to the Hamor of Humriyut, of physicality and materialism. So that's the second reason why God uh, uh, brought us towards Olamazeh. Uh, Number one, because it's, 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 it's respectful to be independent, that we could figure it out ourselves. Want to give you? You want to give your children self-esteem? Uh, let them figure it out by themselves. You know, you take away their self-esteem when you just spoon-feed them and, and give all. them and give them everything. So then uh, they don't have that. Here it says God on purpose takes away things from the person so he can acquire them himself, so he can appreciate. feel the yakari. He, he can appreciate himself, not the item. He appreciates no, no, himself no, that he's able to do it. That's the Lashon of the Ramchali. He's saying, So if you feel that you're spoiling the kids and you give them everything, so you're not, you're not showing them that they have self-worth or self-importance. You're telling them that they're needy and they're beggars, and therefore they need to live off uh, you know, dependency. The second reason why he says we have a connection to Olam is because God said you came into this world in order to make a tikkun on Olam Olamazeh unfortunately has a lot of ra, and if we're not going to have interaction with Olamazeh, we're not going to have a chance to pull the ra out of Olamazeh. The only way to pull it out is through the observance of the mitzvot. Yisachar Hamor is the tikkun of the Hamor. Baruch Olam, Amen v'Amen. we said a big hadush yesterday in the Derech Hashem Shi'ur. I don't know if I highlighted it enough. Although it made a big impression on me when I left, but I don't know if I, uh, if I drilled it home to our listeners. It's possible that our listeners heard it, but they didn't get the full uh, impact of it, so I'd like to repeat what he said yesterday. Human beings, God put them in control of their, of their, uh, of their livelihood. God doesn't just put the livelihood in front of man in front of him. We have to get dressed. We have to go uh, go to work. We have to buy a house. We have to wash ourselves. We have to tend to our needs. So why would God uh, create us in such a way? With all these needs. And then we have to, we have to fend for ourselves. So he says over here, It's for self-respect. It seems that it's more uh, respectful for the person to be independent than to be dependent. And the person's able to use his mind and fend for himself he doesn't have to rely on others. So he gives them more uh, self-esteem. Everybody's talking about self-esteem today. That's the new, uh, 
the new item of the generation. You know, what are we going to do with the kid's self-esteem? One of the best ways to build self-esteem is, is to give the kids responsibilities. You know, that the, the kid has certain obligations. You don't help the kid. You don't hold his hand. Sometimes parents are so overprotective, so they don't let the kid fall. They don't let the kid make a mistake. So he never learns. How did we learn when we were young? Trial and error, the hard way. But today the parents are so worried about their children because they're so fragile and they don't want the kids to hurt themselves. So the kid, the father's always, and the mother's always picking up after the kid's messes and trying to clean it up and help them. And, uh, and the kid doesn't have any self-esteem. That's how, you, that's how you grow in life. You make a mistake, you go through it, you get up, you go forward. So that's a, a very important thing. Giving, giving people independence Instead of just writing them a check and giving them, uh, so I said today, that's what goes on in American society. That's why nobody has self-esteem. Because what, how do people uh, go to work today? Their work is to go to the mailbox. That's it. Going, they tell their wife, I'm going to the office. They go outside to the mailbox, they get their check from the government. They sign up to all these programs. Now, I'm not saying some people, of course, need it. The people that need it, fine. But the people that use these programs as an excuse not to be productive. So forget, forget about uh, uh, if, it's, if, it's, if it's correct or not. It's not good for the person. The person starts to get a bad uh, image of himself that he really can't, uh, he can't do too much. And then, uh, and then Hatva Shalom, if he has a bad image of himself, so that affects his behavior with other people. People who usually have a bad image of themselves have a bad image of others as well. They project their own bad image to others. They don't have peace with themselves. They usually don't have peace with people. So it leads to crime. It leads to all sorts of uh, you know, bad behavior. So it's a, it's a vicious cycle. Anyway, I thought that was a very, very insightful point from Moshe Haim Lutzato, that the reason why God made us independent is uh, for the hashivut and for the yakar of the person. <clears throat> now we continue in the second paragraph where we left off yesterday. V'hineh, we're in Perek, Echelek Dalet Perek Hamishi. And we're in Bet. That's again, uh, chapter 4, Echelek Dalet, Perek Hamishi, chapter 5. And we're in uh, Bet. He doesn't look good, Emil, uh, Moshe. You've got to help him out, Azit. Emil doesn't look good, Azit. He's very down. He just left. I'm going to call him. Yeah, he looks very down. Okay, Azit. So he's telling you over here, that, listen, it's, a, it's definitely a yirida, it's a, it's a decline, or it's a, it's, 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 it's a downgrade that he has to get involved with this world. You have to go to the business, and you got to make money, you got to deal with uh, physicality. It's definitely a downgrade, but it's a downgrade that's necessary. Now listen, we learned already God wants you to engage in this world because 
He wants you to elevate this world. And the way you elevate this world is engage in it through the mitzvot and the Torah and all the things that we do in it. And if we don't leave the world the way we came into this world. However, one has to be very careful not to get too close. You know, you can become a workaholic. You can become too engaged. And as a result of that, it takes you away from more important things. He calls it you can get uh, how would you say Gary yeah stuck like somebody gets stuck in the bushes where you can't get out entangled in this world wow so the more you get entangled in worldly things the more you distance yourself from the order from the upper light Okay, so technically they should, uh, the Forbes every year makes the, the 400 richest people in the world. So basically they're, they're saying over here, the 400 uh, people that live in the most darkness, the people that have the most darkness in their life are those that are on the list. I assume that if you make that list, you have to spend a lot of time in Olam to make that type of money. So therefore, the more person gets entrenched, so that's what, what we do here, Sammy. We come to the shul in the morning in order to take a little break from the darkness to get some light. We're not saying don't go to work. He's telling you, you got to go to work. It's mitzvah to be dependent. However, one uh, independent. But at the same time, if you don't check in to the light in the morning, in the evening, you'll end up in darkness. Just look at the, uh, the movie stars and all these people in Hollywood. They make tons of money, but they live miserable lives, terrible lives. No, you wouldn't wish this life on your biggest enemy. They have no, uh, no happiness, although they won't admit it. Oh. So Bore Olam said, listen, we have a problem. Guy's going to go to work. Bore Olam recognizes the guy has to go to work eight hours a day. How are we going to make sure that that work doesn't take him away from the, from the light that we're trying to accomplish? So Bore Olam made a system. Before he goes to work, he cuts close to God through prayer. He prays. And you ask God for everything. So already it's a checks and balance. Before he goes to work, he's already talking to God that God should provide him all his needs. And throw your yoke on God. Throw your burden on God. Why should you have to carry your burden? It's not your responsibility. God created you. Just, uh, you have to tell Borelam, you created me, you gave me a family. So you have to support them. Throw your yoke on God. There was one time a, uh, a guy that had a very, very uh, heavy piece of luggage. And he's in the, he's in the middle of the, uh, in, in the fields, and he's, you know, lugging it. That's probably where they get the word lug from, luggage. He's lugging it. And uh, what happens? All of a sudden, a carriage comes by with a horse. So the guy says, you know, you want me to give you a lift? He says, ah, thank you very much. And uh, he gets on to the horse, and he takes his luggage on the horse. Fine, and they're going. So when the wagon driver turns around, he sees that the fellow is still carrying his luggage. 
as he's sitting, he's carrying his luggage. So he tells him, what are you doing? He said, it's enough that you're taking me. I, I can't, uh, you know, <laughs> they should take my luggage also. He says, what are you talking about? I'm taking the luggage anyway. The weight is still on it, so you might as well put it down. Why would you carry the luggage? I'm taking you anyway. That's what we say to Borei Olam. Why would you hold the luggage of Parnassah as if it's a pressure? Boy, let, it, let, let it down, leave it to me. I'm carrying you anyway. Who's giving you? God says, who's carrying you? I'm carrying you anyway. What do you mean? You, you, could you live a second without me? So why are you carrying the Parnassah as if it's a very, very heavy yoke? Let it down. Let it down, Borei Olam says. I'll, 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 I'll carry that also for you. I'm carrying you anyway. So whatever's on you, I'm carrying also. Parnassah's on you. I'll help. And how do you show God that you believe that? When you come in the morning, you say, Barikh Aleinu, please bless me. Bless me with Panasan, Aslachan, Barikh Shinatenu, Betanurasun. All days they pray for rain. Rain today is money. The Yezid is Sheet Klali. That's how you start the day. Wow. You need to do a Shtadlut. Nobody's saying you don't need to do a Shtadlut. Everybody agrees you have to do a Shtadlut. But he's saying one of the most productive hishtadlutz that a person could do is to pray. Or maybe it's the first, which means before you make your physical hishtadlut, the first hishtadlut should be coming to God and asking for it. Now, once you go to work, which is the normal way, the human hishtadlut, wow. It's a basic hadush over here. He's saying that prayer is actually an insurance policy so you don't get entangled in olam hazeh. What a way of looking at prayer. We always thought that prayer is asking God for stuff. You are. But you're also coming to recognize that everything is from Borei Olam. When you go through that exercise every morning, that you recognize everything is from Borei Olam, so now that you're going to go to work for eight hours, already your mind is everything is from Borei Olam. So... Olam Azeh is not going to be able to, to draw you in. But if a person doesn't pray in the morning, he goes straight to the work. So now he starts to think, it's me, it's my hand, it's my brain, and he starts to get caught up. Guess what? That's probably why in the middle of the day, when Tefillat Shaharit wears off, they tell him, stop, stop, remind yourself that everything is from HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and the Panasah comes from Hashem. Okay, now that you, 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 you filled up your Hishtadlut uh, tank of Tefillah, Go back, go back to work. So therefore, tefillah becomes a very, very important uh, safety net that you don't fall into the, uh, to the pit, to the quicksand of olam hazeh. Look at the language, it's a golden language. Lo He will not get entangled in the physical stuff. Exactly. Once already the guy has in his mindset, it's all from God. It's all from God. Everything is from Hashem. So even though he has to go down into this world, let me make something very clear. It's a yirida. When you leave the synagogue and go to work, you're going down. There's nothing to talk about. Which means if you're taking an elevator from the shul to your business, you're going down. Going down, you're not going up. When you go from the business to the shul, going up. That, he says, for sure you're going down. However, you want to just make sure that that yirida is not a free fall. 
That's what you're trying to stop. Because if you don't have a class or learning or Torah or prayers before you go to work, it's a free fall. You know what a free fall is? There's no, there's no bottom. You push the button going down, you could fall down all the way. So that's a, like a new attitude to what prayer is supposed to, uh, is supposed to do. Woe to those guys that don't, they don't, they don't pray in the morning. They don't have this, uh, this feature that protects them. Even if a guy doesn't understand what he's praying, but at the end of his Amidah, he prays in his own words to God. Give me a good day in the business. I know everything comes from you. I know if I make this sale, it's up to you if the guy's going to want to buy my product. Why should the guy buy the product from the other, cust- the other seller or to me? It's all because you, God, you put favor in the eyes of the, of the customer. Give me the favor. Let them use me instead of the other guy. Uh, let me say the right words. Let me uh, 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 make a good profit over here. Uh, I know everything is from you anyway. I'm just a puppet. Uh, now you go to work. But already it's in your mind, that attitude. So Olam Azir is a monster. So Olam Azir, here he comes. Say, so look at the guy. Say, what is this guy? This guy came with an armor. This guy came with a shield. What does this guy come with a shield for? Olam Azir says, no, this guy already is protected. I can't go after that guy. This guy already has a shaharit in his pocket. Olam Azir wants to rip the guy up. <clears throat> he wants to eat him up alive. But when the guy comes with a tefillah that preceded the work, so the Olam Azir says, well, this guy already... He's shielded from the from this yirida, from this free fall. Vine. Hayam machazdo yitbarach latet ladam makom shiitkarev lo yitbarach. Afatish kefit matzavot vine misarachot noram shukab ha'oshech. Listen. Borelam did us a favor. Latet ladam makom shiitkarev lo yitbarach. God wanted to give us an opportunity to get close to Him. By the way, you have to look at that as a favor. God did not have to do that. God could have said, listen, I'm God, you're humans. I'm not interested in the human getting close to me. What, you think every president lets uh, the, the commoner get close to him? Of course not. Kadosh Baruch Hu says, I want to do a favor to my, my subjects. I want to give them an opportunity to get close to me. Even though by our physical nature we're Naturally, we are far from this light of God. Human beings are human, they're physical. But God wants to give us an opportunity that we could talk with him, call call out to him. God gave us permission to call out to him. You need permission, by the way. Who are we to pray to God? Borei Olam said, no, not only am I giving you permission, it's a mitzvah to pray to me. You know what it's like? Imagine you're at one of these rallies, you know, the president goes to these rallies. The president's the most important, uh, most influential person in the world, the president of the United States, as we know. I mean, the Democrats don't think that. I guess they do think that. That's why they want to get rid of him so much. But the point is, he's an influential man. Imagine you're at a rally, and uh, all of a sudden, uh, the president comes to you and says, by the way, I saw you made a nice uh, donation to the uh, campaign. Here's my cell number. If you ever need me, uh, you know, just call me. 
Clinton, Clinton did that with Monica Lewinsky. He got into trouble for that. I'm not talking about giving a number to, to make Averot. He gave a number, every girl that he saw in, in, in the thing, he gave his number out. He was Rasha Minusha, the guy's a behemoth. I'm talking about over here that imagine you give your, your, you get, so a guy walks says, well, I got the cell number of the president. And he said that anytime you call, he'll pick up. This is the, whenever somebody calls on this phone, he picks up. You have access to the president? Yeah, yeah, you have, you have an issue now, you're doing something in your business, and they're giving you a hard time. So, excuse me, bing, bing, bing. Hello, Mr. President. The president, you have his number? Yeah, now I have his number. He picked up. Please, I'm having a hard time with this guy over here. Could you help me out? No problem. Give me his address. Give me his number. Give me that. Boom. Next. Abotai, Bure Olam says, you're my child. I'm giving you my private cell number. Anytime you need something, call. Imagine that. And God says, I'll pick up. And you could talk to me as long as you want. I'm not rushing you. See, in my mashal, the president is not going to give you all day long to talk on his phone. You know, he'll probably tell you, you know what? Don't even call, just text me. And, uh, but in this, my shot goes, oh, don't text me. I want you to call me. I want you to talk to me. And don't worry if you don't have it organized. You know, if you're repeating yourself and you're talking, you know, not in order, don't worry about it. I know you're nervous to talk to me. It's just, I know you're hard also. So I know what you need, but take advantage of that. Sometimes, you know, I give somebody the number. I tell them, listen, here's my number, but please don't take advantage. Don't call only if it's an emergency because everybody has the rabbi's number. All day long we'll be dealing with the people's uh, non-important issues. So therefore, God says, here's my number, and nothing is, uh, uh, nothing is off limits. Which is what you think is not important, don't worry, you can call me for that also. So when you call God for, for, for a nonsense thing, please, Bore Olam, uh, uh, I'm going on a trip. Please let the weather be good. He called me for that. I'm running the whole world. There's wars going all over the world. You're coming out the weather in Florida. And that, to me, that's important. God says, no problem. I'll see what I can do with the weather. I'll see what I can do with uh, you know, all, all, all the nonsense. Uh, the nonsense. Besides the major things. that. So look, look how lucky we are. God gave, and, 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 and then they told something else. This is the main part. That phone call that you're going to do with God is going to create a connection. That's a big thing. Which means through the lines of that phone call, my light is going to go through and attach yourself to that light and you're going to start to become close to me, which is the greatest, uh, the greatest thing. Which we can understand that if you talk to somebody enough times, you form a relationship with them. Now, of course, the only problem is in, in a human relationship, it works because you have both sides talking to each other. With God, you don't feel that he's giving you any, any response. So you say, oh, I'm talking, I'm talking. Like, hey, 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 anybody there? Anybody there? I'm talking to you. But we know already that Borab talks to us through his actions, through his behaviors to us. Uh, sometimes a person makes a tefillah, and all of a sudden something happens, uh, results. See the results, Borel was listening. When the Jewish people left Egypt and they prayed at that moment. And the sea splits exactly when they prayed. That, that shows you that somebody had to be listening to have no, they believed in God. How could it be they just prayed for a miracle? Those are the sea splits. Coincidence? Exact. Why did the sea split the day before? Because nobody asked for it. Why didn't it split a day later? Nobody asked for it.
But at exactly the moment they asked for a miracle, it's, that means somebody's listening. And there's so many proofs where people prayed for certain things, and all of a sudden they, 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 they were delivered. They were answered. So therefore, Bore Olam says, take my number, use it. Don't feel embarrassed to call me for anything. And there's no limit. Call me a thousand times a day. And give the number to your children. Tell your children also, if they want to call, you can give it to them also. Sometimes the rabbi says, you can take whatever, don't give it to anybody. And they say, no, no, God says, I said, don't give it. give it to everybody you want. I'm not the, yeah, but if I give it to everybody, why don't I want to give the number? Because I'm taking it away from my time. God says, no, 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 don't worry. Give the number to as many people as you want. It's not taken away from your time. It will not affect you. You're going to get the same 24 hours a day that you need. You can't call me more than 24 hours a day. That's as many times. So how can you talk to me and him at the same time? Guess what? I can talk to you and him and a billion people at the same time, and you get full concentration from me because I'm God. Okay, full concentration. So, so it doesn't hurt you to give the number out because it will not affect you, Kihuze, whatsoever. Yeah, but maybe if he's asking for health and I'm asking for weather, you're going to give him more attention. No, sir. Attention is not based on the request. You called me. Why did you call me for weather? Because that assumes that you believe that I'm in charge of the weather. I like that when you understand who's in charge. You understand? You ever watch The Godfather, that deal? The guy says, how come you didn't come to me first? You went to the courts. Because you thought the courts, you came to America. The American dream. You wanted to be a good American citizen. So you thought the courts could bring you justice. And what happened? They let the guy go. But you would have came to me. And those... Those people that did that thing to your daughter would know that you're my friend. They wouldn't, uh, they wouldn't treat you like, uh, which means, uh, what happens? The guy then says to the godfather, I know that you're the guy. Okay, you're the guy. Now I'm going to help you. You, you know, I'm better than the have deal. I'm giving you a mashal on, on the level of our members to understand it from that, uh, from that clip. Lehavdil, of course. When we come to Borei Olam and say, Borei Olam, why am I calling you? Because I know nobody could solve this like you could solve it. But I was like, ah, you know that I could do it? That's the reason why I'm going to do it. The recognition, you understand? The recognition. So when we're coming to God and praying, we're just recognizing wisdom. It's you, God. Parnasa uh, is you. Refuah is you. Uh, all these things that we need. Mashiach. It's all, anything that we could ever dream to want, it's you. So therefore, the pasuk says over here, God gave us permission to call him. That's why I'm, that's why I'm giving that mashal. God says, call me. Temporarily, when you're praying, you leave your physical level and you rise temporarily to a high level. Because if you're talking to God, you're attached to him. The rule is, whatever you're attached to, you become like that, like that thing you're attached to. So tefillah actually elevates you. At the time that you're praying, you're on a higher plane. And once, once, once you're there, what are you wasting your time about the weather? Just tell God, God, you handle everything. Take everything. Throw your, your burdens on God. There used to be a... Um, there used to be a um, uh, 
There used to be a car rental place. I don't know if they're still around. Uh, I think it was Hertz. Remember the, the, the slogan of Hertz? Or maybe it was Avis, I forget. Leave the driving to us. You don't remember it. Was Avis? Leave the driving to us. Which means, what, 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 God says, listen, what, what, what are you so worried about? Leave the drive. I'm running the whole world. So you think it's going to make a difference to God, your, the, the few million dollars you need? I'm running the whole world. What's, what's a few million dollars over here? But it doesn't even know, you don't even look at it on the, on, on, on the budget. It doesn't, doesn't even come up a few million dollars. It's like the government. The government spends billions and billions and billions of dollars. Imagine you went to the president. Uh, I need uh, uh, $1,000 a week. $1,000 a week. $1,000 a week. He doesn't have to go to Congress for that. $52,000 on the American uh, United States budget with $52,000. It doesn't even enter anywhere. $52,000. So you're going to God. Oh, put And you're thinking in your mind, well, I'm asking for a lot. A lot. You know what God's budget is? God's budget just in potatoes a year. How much potatoes he gives to the world. His potato budget is billions, zillions of dollars a year. And that's one product. Moreland's given the world billions and billions and quadrillions of product. So you come along and say, oh, boy, please, I need a panazav if you... It's easy for you. That doesn't even come on the budget. It doesn't even enter. That's like just uh, take it off and change, you know, the change, the pocket change. So therefore, throw it on God. And then we end the paragraph. Now we understand why tefillah is so stringent. You're not allowed to interrupt. When a person is in the amida, he cannot interrupt. Even for anything else. Exactly. When you're very close to God, at that moment of the Amidah itself, you're in Atzilut, you're in a very, very close place. You're not allowed to interrupt for anything. Sometimes you see a guy in the Amidah picks up his phone to do something. What are they talking about? Or he takes, uh, you know, he looks around, or he, uh, you know, he gets distracted. No, it's a big Isud in the middle of the Amidah to interrupt that moment of closeness. Then he says, Not only that, but since you're in front of Borei Olam in the Amidah, when the Amidah is over, you can't just walk away. How does the Amidah end? You say, okay, I see you later, walk away. You have to take the steps back. No different than if you're walking out of a palace where the king was talking to you, or you were talking to the king, and by the end, you take these steps back, meaning it's respect, the conversation is over. Wow, what a sad thing he says here. And once he takes those three, three steps back, that's it, you're back to where you are. You, lo- you, lose, you lose that uh, closeness. So by the way, don't, don't, don't rush through the Amidah, by the way. Don't get out. The second you take those three steps back, elevate it. Stay up there for a little while. It takes you about 40 minutes to get to the Amidah. Once you get to the Amidah, you're there, you're in the office, you're on, which means you got connection. It takes time to get connection. You call, then you got connection. As long as you're on the phone, stay on the phone. Osishalom basically is putting call end. Call end, it's over. Now, of course you can call God right back. But it seems the Amidah is very, very strong connection. Now, for tefillah to work, you need some conditions. 
בין במה שנוגע אל הקליבה הזאת שזכרנו, במה שנוגע למשכת השפעות. ופי כל זה סידרו לנו תפילות בלכותיה ויחקו לנו קודמים ולכותיה. So, the tefillah's got a protocol. You have to say the mizmorim first, and then you have to say berchat yotzer or, and you got to do kriyat shema. All this is part of the program to get to this level of kirva. V'hinei kol זה שבאנו עד הנה בקריאת שמע ותפילה הוא לפי עניין המצוות האלה כפי מה שהם. עוד סודן עושה תפילה סדר ולהשלים, גם בעד עבודת הקורבנות עשרה ממנו עתה. מה שמצטרך לפי חידוש כל יום, כפי כל זמן כל אחד וברך ברך הבא לפני בשדה הזמן. Then he says and he concludes, there's another part of the תפילה which we do tomorrow, which is a lot of the תפילה talks about קורבנות. Even though we don't have קורבנות today, but it seems that the reading of the קורבנות is like you brought it. So therefore, uh, 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 they want you to read a lot of the Qurban, the Qurban Tamid, we talk about the Ketoret, uh, there's Ezu Mekuman Shazabachim, which is the whole Mishnah, so it seems that that's part of the Tefillah as well. It's a part that unfortunately is neglected by a lot of people, but he's going to say that that's a, a key element as well. So please, Rabotai, stay tuned tomorrow, we will continue. We are learning Derech Hashem. We start a new chapter, a new Perek. So we're in Perek Hamishi, and I'm sorry, we're in Perek Shishi. Now we're going to discuss Seder Ayom of the Tefillah. Yesterday we talked about what the, Ami, what, the, what the Tefillah does, that connection that God gives us his personal phone number. He tells us to use it. Call anytime. Ask me anything you want. Talking to Kadosh Baruch Hu, the purpose of tefillah is to throw all of your burden on God. God says, I'm carrying you anyway. So the extra couple of things that you need, it's not a burden, just throw it on God. That was the end of yesterday's uh, talk. Now we start Perik Shishi. Sidra ha al שתהיה בלילה שליטה לכוחות הטומאה. Well, the way HaKadosh Baruch Hu created the world, He created certain system that at night the כוחות הטומאה, the energies of טומאה, will be manifest. להתפשט בכל מרכיבותיהם. They're out. They're out with all their uh, chariots. Yes, at night they're, they're out. You know, enforce. force. Yeah. And they, you know, they're out there at night. So that's why God said at that time when the mazikim are out, everybody go inside to their homes. Everybody go to sleep. That's the best thing to do when the mazikim are out. No, but they're really outside. So go into your house. And uh, go to bed. Vinahim ad aboker, and uh, stay, stay, you know, stay there till the morning. That's why you need a light opener. Yeah. Maybe. So basically, stay inside. They basically want you to stay inside. Right? When the day, when the night, when the day finishes, let them go in. Let them retire. So that's why we retire at night. There's, there's rot in the world. Better to be in your house sleeping. You don't want to come into contact with the kohot tum'ah. What, what, what 
Yeah, when it gets dark. Once it gets dark, let's say when it gets dark. You have to be careful. You have to be careful. No, no, no. Even when it gets dark. You have to be careful. Sometimes those valet guys are very dangerous. That's right. Get beat up. What happens when the Laila comes out? All the animals come out. These animals are talking about the Mazikim. When the sun comes up, they gather. They gather back in. And then you say, Adam Nefa'olo, let the guy go back to work. It's all way God planned to create the world. I mean, you shouldn't think that this is just happening randomly. Borealam created these forces. Fine. So you're right, we live in a, in a city that doesn't sleep. You know, at night we're just getting geared up. Right, so people come out at night and uh, you have to be careful. Yeah, the Mazikim come out at night. That's right. Right. Even though we say generally, Ellie, this is for you, honey. Even though we say generally, night is the time of the the, 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 the domination of these forces. First half of the night, that's when it's stronger. So unlike you said, opposite. It's strong in the beginning of the night. That's really when you gotta, which exactly when we, we, we exactly in America we don't live like that. In the olden days, olden days it got dark, bingo, they went to sleep. When they used to wake up in the second half of the night. At Hatzot, which is midnight, then there's a tremendous good hashpa'a that comes down at midnight. Hence, Kolel Hatzot, that they come at that auspicious moment at midnight when there's great lights coming down from the heavens. The dominion of the evil is taken away from them. And they're kicked away from the issue, from the settlement. The beginning of the morning's light starts at midnight. Until it gradually comes stronger and stronger. Until it comes to its full, its full revolution. So you see... Uh, like we learned in Berachot just recently, David and Melech would never sleep past Hatzot. He doesn't want to miss that moment, the moment when the Hashpa'ah come. In the beginning of the night, he would doze off. So when the Ratzon of Hashem is strong, that's the time to cry for the Beit HaMikdash. Right. Right, sleep early, exactly. But we in America we don't live like that. In America we usually up for the first half and we go to sleep for the second half. So we have it backwards. We're programmed that way. Yeah, that's the way the society is over here. But in the old societies, they would sleep right when it got dark. They didn't have lights really and stuff like that. So they retired. And then uh, they would set their alarms for midnight and we'd learn the rest of the night. But Omnam. The fact that they have dominion at night and, they, and they're chased away during the day. That's part of the teva. 
It's like sunrise, sunset. It's one of those natural phenomenons. There's certain times that humans can intervene and subjugate the mazikim themselves. Which means regular system is they're going to come out at night, they're going to leave in the morning without any human intervention. That's from God's wisdom. We who are obviously people that have choice, we're called God created the world in such a way not to interfere with our free will. So he put good and bad running in the world. You have to choose. Which means, Buralam gave human beings certain kohot to chase away these kohot of Tum'ah. Using your free will, you could make certain prayers and certain exercises to get rid of them. But light and dark. What happens at night, the darkness obviously gets stronger of the Tum'ah. What happens? Even though, like Joe said, even though he's sleeping in his bed, he's not... Uh, Immune from what's going on outside. That tum'ah that's floating around is going to go to the guy also in his bed. That's right. Right. There's a certain shiur that's going to get affected by it. So I'm sorry to tell you. It's like radio waves. You don't have to see them. You know what I mean? The waves are there. So he's getting affected by them all day, all day long. You ever see when you go to the dentist? So he puts that big lead, uh, yeah, right? He says, don't worry, don't worry. Even though he, he, walk, he walks three blocks away yeah, before, yeah. before he pushes the button. Uh-huh. But don't worry about it, everything's fine. Uh-huh. But he's okay. He, he doesn't tell the nurse to push the button until he's far, far away. But don't worry. Oh, <laughs> Part of the teva that when a person is sleeping, part of his neshama, the upper parts of his neshama actually leave him. And he he tastes a certain uh, measure of death. That can't be so bad. Sleep is the... Okay, okay. <laughs> but, but I still want to live. That's 100 And we want you to live too. Amen. Shena mm-hmm. Echat, It's 160th of death. Yeah, that's a little bit. Yeah. So basically, the darkness takes over the body at night. That's why the body just loses its energy. No light. No light. The mazikim are there. The body becomes listless and just sucked out all its energy. There's no order of the neshama. Once the neshama leaves, there's a vacuum. 
and the uh, Tum'ah is able to enter. So so many places in the world where it's dark like 18... Oh, forget about it. Forget about it. Forget about it. Wow. I would not go there at night, alone at least. That's all those UFOs that they're seeing. Those are the mazikim. When a person gets up in the morning, why does he have to make the ta'yadayim? Because there's tum'ah. There's, there's bad spirits that actually, you know, attach to the person at night. Okay. So obviously, it's not such a big tum'ah because it only goes on his hands. Right. God forbid a person dies, it goes over his whole body. This is not such a strong tum'ah. It's only tum'at yadayim. Now, after such a situation, when a guy went to sleep at night, and the Tum'ah, and the Tum'at Yadayim, and the Shema left him, and he tasted the taste of death, and there's the Mazikim. Wow, when he finally wakes up, he should make Shehayanu every morning. When he wakes up in the morning, when you're waking up in the morning, you're elevating yourself from the low level that you are at the time of sleep. The first thing you have to do is purify yourself from the tum'ah that you had. And by you purifying yourself, you're lifting the world up from the low place that it was in at night. So that's why some, some people go in the very night. Baruch. That's why there's certain prayers that we make when we get up. All that is part of this tikkun. From different actions that we're told to do in religion and from different things we're supposed to say. Now we discuss the first thing on the list, Rabotai. The first thing you do in the morning when you wake up, check your emails. That we do during the middle of the night. Okay, so that's the first thing. Before anything, he didn't know that, Moshe'aim Lutzato, because they didn't have it at the time. So if we would upgrade the book, it would say, before you get out of bed, before you say, Moda'ani, before you do anything, make sure you gr- grab for your, your phone and just check, uh, check any important mails that might come in, because you don't know if maybe... Uh, exactly, Macy's is having a one-day sale, and you need to know about that before you get up and brush your teeth. And you need to know about all the other important... Uh, okay, that's why. They're going to give you a sale. Of course, that's not to be taken seriously. The first thing you do in the morning, wash your hands. He doesn't say wash your hands. It's purify your hands. It's not hygienic what we're talking about over here. This is not a Purell moment. This is a moment of tahara. Those are the parts of the body that became ritually impure. You have to chase it away. He says something very in English smart. Please do. About why you pour water three times alternately. True, this man's entire body is also purified, just as it was all defiled as a result of the noxious spirit. That prevailed through his hands. So he's saying the whole body gets purified. Now, now, I'm going to guess that if you read that in the English, it's probably going to be in the Hebrew also. Because I think the English basically is a translation of the Hebrew. 
Let's see if that's correct, if the Hebrew follows the English. I think he wrote the book in Hebrew. I think he wrote the book in Hebrew, and then they translated it in English. And that's whatever. Don't try to explain it. Hashem made a gezerah. If you do Nitayadam like you're supposed to in the morning, the Tumah is going to jump off your hands. Don't come along and say, uh, could you explain this scientifically? He's saying, I'm not, it's, not my, the, it's not my responsibility to explain this to you scientifically. That, that's why Hashem said it works. Finished. Next. Like the rabbis taught us. That's enough. Now again, the Nitayadam that he's talking about is, is, is alternating, obviously. Here it is, Elliot. Ah, you thought that when you put your dime, only your hands get pure? Wrong. It actually brings tahara to the whole body. The ruach went over the whole body. Came out of the hands. But the whole body received a trace of the tum'ah. So therefore the hands need the netila in order to purify, not the hands. The whole body itself, as you read so eloquently. Look at this. Who would have believed that the Tilat Yadaim is actually a tikkun for the entire Biriya? So when a person makes the Tilat on his hands, it's actually purifying the, 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 the world, the Biriya, from this Tumat Allah. To leave its state of darkness. The next thing a person is supposed to do is go to the bathroom. That's hygiene. First, you clean yourself spiritually. Okay, no, I didn't say it's no good. You can do that. But the point is, they want you to, they want you to purify yourself spiritually and physically as well. In the bathroom, no beracha. I know you want to turn this into a halakha class. It's not a halakha class. I don't know how you make the yadayim in the bathroom, downstairs, upstairs, berachot. When, 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 we're not like learning halakha now. I don't know how to do it halakhically. All I know is it's saying over here that in the morning you involve yourself in two procedures spiritual purification and then. Physical purification. The spiritual purification is the nitat yadayim, and then the going to the bathroom is to expel the excrement from the body. Now you're clean. A person is not allowed to go in front of God with a dirty body. If the insides of the person's body is filled with uh, things that are not good, so therefore you're coming to God with, with a dirty vessel. So therefore the Gemara says... First, a person wakes up, Yifne means, and then he will relieve himself. Then you can adav, ol Jojo, what was your question now that we finished the Musar? If I go to the bathroom, I mean, if I go wash my hands after tonight. Where are you washing? Where are you washing? Outside the bathroom. Okay, well, you can't make a beracha when you have to go to the bathroom. So you would have to uh, do it twice. That's right. But there's water shortage? I'm not, as far as I know, there's no water shortage. Yeah, I want to get to my prayer. Yeah? You want to get to your prayer. Well, you want to get to your prayer in the most positive, positive way. Okay, we'll stop here. About that. Beautiful sessions. Now we do Derech Hashem. So Derech Hashem, that's what we do on uh, every day at this time.
We're in Helik Dalid. And we're in Perek Shishi. And we're at Othe. We're talking about now beautiful mitzvah. The mitzvah of putting on talit and tefillin. Okay, we have a Siman Beracha. Our daf also just talked about putting on tefillin. The ulam acharze yavo shnei maasim. Asher kevarim be'atzman miklala taliyag mitzvot. The part of the taliyag. Metchaberim im tekunet tefillah. Interestingly enough, that these two mitzvot are actually connected to the tefillah. They're not tefillah; they're actions. But these actions connected to the tefillah. La shlamata avodah yomit. They complete the daily service. Let me see if it's tefillah. Un ba'er betchila in yanam aperati. Let's explain them each individually. Ba'akben ba'er madrigatam betekuna avodah yomit. First, let's explain the mitzvah on its individual level. Then we'll explain it. You know, universally, how it connects to the tikkun of of the day of the world. Inyana tzitzit, okay. We get the inyana of the tzitzit according to Rav Moshe Chaim Lotzato. Who he kinei ratzona adon baruchu sheyu yisem etukanim bechod bechinotehem beinyanei akedusha. So Hakadosh Baruch Hu wants us to be metukanim uh, rectified. In all our ways, when it comes to kedushah, ve'alken natan mitzvot lechol zemanehem ufichol miklem. So mitzvot obviously fill up our time, and based on different things that happen to us. So every time an event happens, there's a mitzvah at that moment to sanctify that moment. Kedush you to kenu bechulam. So anytime we're engaging in something, there's always a mitzvah that connects to it, so we can lift that up, that item up. We know that mitzvot bring kedusha to a person because we say, "Asher mitzvotav." Every day there's a mitzvah. Every hour there's a different mitzvah. There's, there's different zmanim. So one of the things that we come in contact with every day is clothes. The clothes that he wears. Ulman gamim you took no big dusha, so you have to you have to wear kosher clothes. You have to kosher your clothes up. So we know that we have kosher food, and we know we have kosher speech. But now you have to make a, a kashrut on your on your begadim, not a kashrut, a kedusha on your begadim. Sibashi usam bematzitzit. So by putting the tzitzit, assuming that in the olden days, the style was to wear four cornered garments. That's let's say that was the style. You know, like the uh, if you go to Hawaii, you know, they wear these shirts that have four uh, four corners. So it was very common that everybody w- that was wearing this stylish four cornered garment would now have to kosher their begadim to make them kadosh by putting these fringes. Interesting. So what sisit is to the begad is what a mikveh is to a vessel. Just like a vessel, when you dip it in the mikveh, you're moving it from the tumah of the goy that made it to the kedusha of Israel. A vessel cannot be brought into a Jewish home to be used unless you sanctify it to be worthy to be brought into a Jewish home. So to a garment, to be worn on a Jewish person has to be elevated. The way we elevate it is through sisit. There's something deeper even. There's something deeper even. 
branding. You know how the Eved is branded? They put a... Uh, like an animal. Right? They put a mark on the Eved that he's known that he belongs to... Uh, deal, of course. You ever see a collar that they put on the dog? Yeah. And that's a tag. So they know who the owner is. So Lehavdil, like Kadosh Baruch Hu says, you have to have a siman on you, who you belong to, who's your boss. So the fringes that we put, that's the brand. Now when you see a guy with his seat, you know who his boss is. V'inyan amok mizeh neklal od b'mitzvazu v'hu ayot adam nisman lelohav. He's branded, he's signed, he has a signage. Ke'eved ladonav, like a servant. Tareze meklal kabalat ulo. That's considered like uh, Kabbalat. Wow. Like Ramhal taught us in the other Seferim, and this Sefer included that human beings have the ability to really fix the entire Biriyah. Those that were there in the morning yesterday, we learned a tremendous Meshech Chochmah that said that Yaakov Abinu, although he lived in Goshen, his influence was in all of Eretz Mitzrayim. Yaakov Be'eres Mitzrayim. That means, what do you mean? He lived in Eretz Mitzrayim? He lived in Goshen. Goshen is a small little hamlet, a small little uh, uh, zip code. You're right. He lived in a small little uh, ghetto. But Yaakov Abinu's influence was... And that's why when the tzaddik died, Yaakov Abinu, the whole world felt it. It says even the animals felt it when Yaakov Abinu passed away. The world is not the same because when the tzaddik is there, he lifts the whole world with him. And that's the power of the Jewish people. By the way, he's serving God at, even at the same time that he's osik which means he's going to work, he's doing his uh, his daily um, uh, 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 things. Or you could learn maybe oved That's how uh, someone learned. He's doing the, the work of God. So, Barilam created the world, and who's working for him? You're one of my, uh, he's one of the employees of God. Now, wearing the seed is just a symbol. Of course, it's going to manifest itself from doing work, from doing the service, from doing the mitzvot. Which means, <laughs> doing the work for God, it starts with an acceptance of on Malchuto, on Mitzvotav. So therefore, the seed, he yot Adam Avdosh Taborit Parach, the your servant. Basically, God gave you the keys to make the Kun of the Biri'ah. It's amazing. When I, was, I created the world, and if the world is going to be fixed, you have the ability. When God created Adam and Ishur, what did he say? God said, Na'ase Adam. And everybody questions, uh, Na'ase Adam. What's the what's the plurality? Naase Adam. It should say Ease. God is God is singular. Many explanations have been given to explain what's the Naase Adam. The way we explained it once was based on this uh, Ramhal. Bore Olam uh, was saying like this. Bore Olam was uh, was talking to the creation. He was telling to the creations, listen, Rabotai, I created you 
but you're unfinished and you're unfixed. And therefore, it's to your advantage that we create Adam. Because Adam, through his service, is going to be able to elevate the Biriyah to its final tikkun. So therefore, God came along to the Biriyah and came along and said, together, na'aseh Adam, let us all... So therefore, there's a connection initially between the whole entire world and Adam. They're connected. They were part of his creation. Uh, so therefore, like it says, God took dirt from all the four corners of the world and water from different places. So all the parts of the world were connected. Human beings have uh, the midot the, the, the <coughs> of the world. Azkanamer, Kalkanesheh, Ratzkatsebi, all the different species in the world, human beings have a certain midah connected. So therefore, human beings are considered a microcosm of the entire world itself. So if human beings lift themselves up, the whole world that partners in their creation, you know, if the, if, if the chairman of the board is making money, all the shareholders are making money also. If the chairman of the board is losing money, all the shareholders are losing money. So therefore, the world is a shareholder in Adam. If Adam is doing good, the world does good with Adam. And if, the, if Adam does bad, then the world loses. So therefore, God's telling, uh, you know, the, the creation. He's talking to the world. He created the world in six days. Now he turns to everything that he created. Abotai. Now we have the chairman of the board. Now I say, Adam, let's partner up with Adam. Let's together go partners with Adam. And the world accepted that deal. And therefore, now, if Adam succeeds, the world succeeds. We didn't realize that there's a linkage between Adam and, 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 and the creation. We just thought that creation is its own business, and Adam happens to be living in that. No. The whole world was created, and now God says to Adam, you're the chairman. You're the chairman, and you run, you, you run the world. If you're doing good business, the world will have good business. If you're doing bad business, the world is, is, going, to, uh, is, is, is going to fail. So really, God gives us the, uh, we're, like, we're the conductor. Well, I created a whole beautiful, uh, 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 you know, uh, the world. And it works, it works nicely. But God created Adam and Yishu and he gave him the baton. And he said, you're the conductor of the world. Based on your actions, the symphony of the world will play the right music. But if, but if the conductor falls asleep, if the conductor doesn't know how to conduct the band properly, so all of a sudden the world starts to go uh, haywire. It goes off key. You know, it, doesn't, uh, it doesn't play the music correctly. So therefore, basically, God has given us a tremendous, uh, tremendous squad. You see that? Bring the siddur over here, right over here. You see in the morning prayer, uh, I saw this word from one of the tzaddikim, in the morning prayer, in the in one of the most important hallelujahs that we say. This hallelujah is talking about how God is the conductor of the world. It says, hallelujah. Hallelujah tadunayim in Praise God from the heavens. Hallelujah miromim. Praise Him from the highest, places. Let the angels praise God. Let the legions praise God. All the stars. Let the Shemea Shemaim, the upper heavens, praise God. The water, let the whole creation sing the song to God. God created them, or commanded, they were created. And he created them forever. And he put a system. That the earth, the big whales, and all that's in the depths. Fire, wind, snow, 
they're all serving God. Harim, the mountains, Everest, Gimaot, the hills, Etzperi, the trees of the fruit, Arazim, the cedar wood, all the animal kingdom, Remes, Vesipur Kanaf, Malcheeres, kings, all the nations, Sarim, generals, officers, all the judges, young and old, men and women, old and young, let everybody sing the praises of God. So basically over here, this is the symphony, which means basically you have a conductor standing over there, and they say, okay, Rabotai, we're now going to have the symphony called Hallelujah, Hashem, and Hashemayim. Now the conductor starts to say, Halukum Alacham, Kosevaav, Shemesh, Yareyak, Kuchbeor, Ruach, Ech. He's turning around, and every part of the creation, the human beings were given that in Yan to bring out the song of the creation. And that song of the creation is sung correctly when Christ is doing it at Son Hashem. We're infusing the creation with Kedushah. And by the way, and what the, what, what's the biggest proof of that? That the whole world was created in order that Klai Israel serve him. When Yaakov Abinu went to sleep that night, all the rocks are fighting. What are they fighting for? Because the rocks know our whole reason why we created is for what purpose? We, we, we're created. So if Yaakov Abinu's service, the world says, where's partner? That's the CEO over here. He's here. So we want to serve the, we want to serve the CEO. So Yaakov Abinu, through his service, was able to make the rock to become one. So all the rock was able to, so you see how Yaakov Abinu was able to affect the, the, the creation? All the tzaddikim have that power over there. The world, like we learned in the Gemara the other day, the world was created only to accompany the tzaddik and, and, and serve the tzaddik. So therefore, we come along and say, anybody that's a Jew is considered one of the chairmen. This business over has many chairmen. It doesn't have one chairman of the board. God elected, it's a big world. So therefore, he, he, uh, he elected many chairmen. Now, unfortunately, a lot of the Jews... They, uh, they don't go to work. <laughs> They're playing hooky. You know, that's the irony over there. The, they come along and say that the religious people don't go to work. We're going to work. <laughs> we, we, we have a, the problem is you don't know your job. <laughs> you think your job is to go uh, and, 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 and uh, you know, play tennis and eat, uh, eat lobsters all day long. That's not your job. So who's really going to work? We're going to work every day. Work is defined by the work that the country who gave us to do. So we come to shul every day. We put the tefillin. We learn. We do. So really, we're the champions of the of the board of, of 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 the world, and therefore, by the way, it shouldn't be then uh, uncommon to you that when you see Gedolei Yisrael get to meet, it's a board meeting. They're coming to make policy for the world. <laughs> when those guys sit down in these meetings over there, and uh, you say, "Well, these rabbis over here sitting there. What are you talking about? These are the these are these Hashem gave the, the the strings of the world in these people's hands over here." So therefore, when they're sitting in the meeting over there, you should shake, because based on their decisions, they control it. You know, when 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 uh, when, uh, when 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 a few shareholders get together, you know, uh, at, at a meeting, uh, you don't don't get nervous. They have no power, shareholders, unless the guy's a fifty-one percent shareholder. Let him scream, let him yell, nothing. But when Bill Gates walks into the meeting, so this guy's power. This guy can change in one vote, he'll change the whole company around. So you have to say, what did he say? You know, Wall Street doesn't report that 50 shareholders got together to, to talk about Apple. 50 shareholders, 50,000 50, shareholders got together, not going to report it. It doesn't mean anything. But if Bill Gates sits in the room alone and he tells the, the stock exchange, 
I'm thinking about the company this morning to do something. <coughs> oh, what do you say? Because he has power. So when you have, you know, when you have Gedolim sitting at the table, all the angels look down and say, oh, these are the chairmen, these are the chairmen of the company. What, what policies are they making? They, 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 their policies, can, that's why when they sit in these meetings, the Gedolim, these are serious meetings. They don't take their decisions. They know their decisions are... <laughs> their decisions are going to have weight. Their decisions are not... Uh, they're not inconsequential. They have tremendous, tremendous, far, far-bearing uh, consequence. That's what Amhal is telling us over there. So when a Jew recognizes that his, uh, his, his, his mitzvot influence not only him, but the world as a, as, a, as a universal entity, and then the first thing he has to do is to show his solidarity or his um, his allegiance to Kadosh Baruch Hu. And how does he do that? He puts on the sisit. By wearing the sisit, you're basically saying, I'm well aware that God has given over me the reins of this very prestigious job to lift the world up. And unfortunately, I also have the power to, to lower. That's what the sisit reminds the person. So the person looks at the sisit, it's empowering. Basically, this we should make a new uh, today the whole world is, is discussing that you know the kids don't have self esteem the kids are, we should get them a pair of seat we get every kid a pair of seat and we tell them an Amhal's interpretation of what seat is when you look at the seat they always told the kids look at the seat remember the mitzvot nah, that was too dry for them you tell them look at the seat and basically that's reminding you that you're the chairman of the board, that you run the world, you're the most powerful person in the world, that your actions are able to influence the whole Yara. Wow, that's what a seed does. By the way, if you were a Sephardi, you'd stop wanting to put your seed out. You want to look at these things uh, all day long. And your actions will bring great consequence. This, by the way, it's a burden. If you're the CEO of a big company, it's a yoke. It's a yoke. It's a, what do you want to call it? It's a, it's a burden. And you, and you, it's pressure. We cannot deny that. It's true. It's a big responsibility. It's a big responsibility. So much easier, you know, leave me alone. I have to run the world now. I'm a simple guy. No, God says that's it. You're a Jewish guy. You have to run the world. It's like the yoke of a master on his servant. Whatever errands God wants you to run. Part of it starts with this is That's why the first thing we really do in the morning as a mitzvah has to be sisit. First, you have to put on your. Uh, listen, what's the first thing the mailman does in the morning? Puts on his uh, uniform. Once the mailman puts on the hat, already saying, I am a avid to the U.S. post office. Okay, that, that, that's what he decides. And what does the guy who works for New Jersey Transit do the first thing in the morning? He puts on his uniform, he puts on the hat, the conductor's hat. I am a avid to New Jersey Transit. Businessman. Everybody gets up. The first thing anybody does in the morning, they get, and from the way they get dressed, that's already telling us where his... Uh, where his allegiance is, is towards. The plumber puts on his belt with all his uh, gadgets. Uh, and the musician takes his violin and goes to work. And everybody, immediately when they get up in the morning, they show their allegiance to their item. See, it's really the first thing. That's what I'm telling you, honey. That's what I'm telling you. Before you put your shirt on. It's a clothes. You get dressed. Uh, you can say underwear. We're all 18. We know what underwear is. Don't be nervous. The point is, but why do you have to mention that in this? We're not 
I'm saying, in other words, till they put their hat and that, you're, you're already beginning with that. Uh, it's, it's the first thing you do. Hazaka Baruch. Right. And if you sleep with it, then they're already. Uh, that's a different level. That, 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 imagine that, that the conductor is so loyal to New right. Jersey Transit, he doesn't want to take off his hat. His wife tells him, You're not on the train. I'm always on the train. I sleep on the train. I eat on the train. I'm all the. When the Jew sleeps with his seat. I If somebody wakes up in the middle of the night, they should know, hey, I've got my seat on who I work for. If, if the conductor of NJ Transit wakes up in the middle of the night, they have no idea, is he an electrician, is he a plumber, is he a lawyer, is he unemployed? When you wake up uh, somebody that works for God in the middle of the night, right away, so, oh, I know, he's, he's, a, he's a Jew, he works. How do you know? He, he woke up in the middle of the night, he's not, he's not praying, he's sleeping. I see, ready? He went to sleep with his clothes on. He went to sleep with his, uh, with his badge on. He went to sleep with his, uh, he wears his clothes, he wears his work clothes to, uh, to sleep. So that's what he's saying, one of the main inyan of the Sisid, is to remind the person of his power, Look how powerful you are, because who gave you a job, and he didn't give this job to everybody else. The majority, 99.9% of the world, are under. They don't have this job. Only a small percent, and even of that small percentage, only a few people know that they have this job. So therefore, if you have this deceit, and you know that you're, you're purposeful, you know that your actions have consequence, now, when you start the day like that, forget about it. You're going to start the day dancing. You, you, you start a day like that wearing deceit. Now, who's going to come along after you hear this? Say, but I, I once heard that we don't have to wear seed if you don't have, who's going to start with that talk after you hear what seed is who's going to start with that talk you understand which means that if if let's say if let's say you have a, a an emblem over here that says chairman of the board apple you're going to want to wear that wherever you can walk. So everybody see, wow, look at that. James, chairman of the board of Apple, the biggest company. The stock is going crazy. This guy's the chairman of the board. He walks down the street. Somebody said, well, you saw what he's wearing. And they know that's a symbol that you can't get. They know it's a very rare symbol. People took pictures of the guy. I saw the chairman of the board. Now, the guy, you know what Kavod the guy gets with wearing that over there? Of course, he has responsibility also to the, to the whole company. We know that. But with a guy like that that's wearing such a symbol, does, does he go and he says, I want to look at the bylaws of Apple. Am I really obligated to wear this? You think, look how much kavod you get for You're right. The, the bylaws of Apple say the chairman really doesn't have to walk around with this, uh, with this emblem. That's those people that can't wait to talk about, well, you know, you're really not obligated, only if you have. That's if you're looking at it from a very dry... Allahic, you know, uh, you're right. And sometimes you have to look at it like that. But we're not looking at it like that. In Musar, we're looking at what it represents. You know, it's like when you give these shi'urim. We once gave a shi'ur on Shabbat, and we talked about Shabbat. And most of the guys that are sitting there, they left saying, wow, after this, we now understand what does it mean, Shabbat is me'en olam that's the way we were able to frame it to them. And of course, right after the class, one guy comes, I got everything, I got everything. But what's that like with uh, going, playing basketball on Shabbat? How can you even ask that question? After you just heard what the Shabbat... 
So that means that you didn't get it. You didn't get it. You, you, which means you could still ask that, which means, but isn't it a halakhic? I said, forget about it. You're right. There's a whole, there's 20 pages on that. But after you hear this, a lot of those questions, you know, they, 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 they shouldn't bother you, those questions. Those questions are not questions anymore. Understand? The same thing with Susit. If you hear the way that Mahal says what Susit is, come on, yeah, but I heard if you don't have a full corner garment, uh, maybe you don't have to wear it. I mean, you, 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 you missed the point. If, if you don't realize, or you don't want to feel good, you don't want to feel empowered, you don't feel, you know, hashuv, what exactly this seat reminds of you of your mission, so then uh, forget about it. No, you're right, you don't have to. You, you don't, by the way, you're not obligated to feel important, and there's no obligation for you to feel special, and no obligation for you to feel, uh, you know, empowered. You're right, we're not. But somebody that's willing to uh, forego that, uh, uh, you know, feeling, or forego that, that purpose, he's not making the right decision. Okay, I'll stop over here. Okay. 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 Okay.